I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here with Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, and the author of 15 books, including Before the Alamo, which is her latest. She was the subject of an extended radio series before becoming her own host. Uh, she is the subject of a documentary. Uh, a, a lot of credentials here and years of, of being an educator and married to an educator. Uh, what a life she is le- leading. And uh, right around the corner is December 3rd. I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm right on this date, but December 3rd is a big day. And uh, I think that's a uh, that's that's the birthday if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Doc, how are you? I'm fine, and you're right about the uh, the birthday, uh, <clears throat> but I won't be celebrating it on that day because I have to drive to a town outside San Antonio called Goliad, where I'll be signing books, my new books, as well as uh, I'll be taking uh, some of the other fifteen books with me and hope to sell some of them as well, uh, at a Christmas festival in this town, uh, which was formerly called uh, La Bahia, in other words, the Bay. Um, and it was a an important substation for San Antonio before the Alamo um, as, uh, uh, as a shipping point. Uh, commercial point um, where uh, goods would be traded, goods that came in from both Mexico and the United States. And his name was changed um, uh, during the uh, the rebellion against uh, Spanish rule from La Bahia to Goliad, and it is an anagram for something that I do not recall, but it's something patriotic uh, for uh, in Texan independence, um, and so it has all kinds of significance. Anyway, I will be driving down there and renting a room and getting ready for signing the books on Saturday, which is the 4th, and then on Monday I will be celebrating the birth of my new book, Before the Alamo, as well as my own birthday, and that day I will be drinking champagne. <laughs> Do you want to know something? I, it's easy for me to say maybe, but I, I would love to celebrate my birthday driving to a book signing where I anticipate <laughs> people are going to be buying my book and you'll get to talk to intelligent people. Because, you know, intelligent people are buying the book. I mean, that's this isn't... You know, this isn't silly stuff. This isn't a comic book that you're writing. This is intelligent uh, uh, fiction that you're writing, a historic fiction. And um, I don't know. I, I, to me, that sounds like a pretty darn good way to celebrate your birthday. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes, it doesn't really matter. A few hours different is all. And uh, I will have all kinds of friends and neighbors around me for, for the occasion. So... I'm looking forward to that. And uh, what I want to talk about today is um, Thanksgiving. It's just a couple of days post-Thanksgiving, and uh, I'm looking back at my own Thanksgiving, which I think was probably typical. It was spent not with family, because I am practically alone in the world. I have two cousins still surviving and their children, 
But they're uh, in Albuquerque, for one, actually Rio Rancho, which is just north of Albuquerque. It's a sub- suburb. And the other one is in North Carolina. Uh, and uh, so I rarely get to see them, especially uh, since COVID. Uh, I have not seen either one of them, obviously, uh, because of travel restrictions and so forth. In any case, I've spent it with my best friend in all the world and her family. And it was a wonderful time, a time of love and companionship and good food and and. Uh, uh, general agreement about how lucky we are in this country, and if, despite the inflation, which is uh, we all agreed was probably temporary. One of my uh, my best friend's brothers, he, she has two brothers and one sister, and uh, one of the brothers was present. The other one is in Alaska, and so it's. And he also he's suffering from Parkinson's, uh, Parkinson's disease, which my husband died of. Uh, and it's very hard for him to travel all the way down for Thanksgiving dinner. So the nearby brother was there. I mention him because he is extremely right wing. Oh, wow. uh, he is a Trumper and a MAGA person and... He is an exceedingly intelligent man. Uh, he is a computer specialist. Uh, he has been a nurse. He has a degree in nursing, um, but he also has a degree in computer science uh, that he uh, he came across after after the stint of nursing. He discovered computers that were brand new in those days and became an expert. So that's what he's doing now. Uh, but with all his intelligence, he is a gung-ho uh, Trumper and uh, and right-winger and following Fox News and all the rest. And he, he gave us a gift for Thanksgiving. He did not mention anything in <laughs> politics. <laughs> so he turned out to be this lovable person. <laughs> When he wasn't talking politics, he was just, uh, I really enjoyed him very much. And I think he took a shine to me as well. <laughs> so it was very funny. Of course, all of that would come to a screeching halt if, if he mentioned anything in politics. <laughs> but I think that's... There were good people on all sides, right? Yes. You know, your trainers, uh, your trainer and her husband are, are terrific people, and they're Trumpers. I mean, it's, you know, yes, there yes. are some wonderful people on all sides. Yes, indeed. So uh, if people would just shut up about politics, I think all would be well. <laughs> and that was true there. Actually, uh, uh, the one of the, the son-in-law, a sister's son-in-law, uh, is a minister. He is a Protestant minister and has uh, quite a nice little flock. Um, and he came with his wife and one of one of their children. Uh, the other son is off uh, in college, has already married uh, at the age of whatever, 19 or 20. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, but one son was there and and 
religion was not really discussed. It was just assumed that, uh, of course, we said grace before the meal and held hands doing so uh, and uh, had candles at the table and and beautiful direct, uh, decorations that our hostess, who's uh, my friend Linda's sister, uh, had uh, had gathered in the yard. In other words, bright colored leaves. She had the candles in uh, beautifully decorated uh, cups with fall colors on them. And then she had these uh, uh, these colored leaves and uh, some interesting grasses that she had also gathered uh, under each cup. Uh, so and there there were uh, how many of us? I guess there were only eight of us there. Um, I'd have to stop and count, and we don't have time for that. But it was a long table, and it was uh, surrounded by people, and there were four four of these cups with uh, candles and and uh, natural bright colored leaves and decorations of uh, of interesting grasses, grass that that had seed pods and things like that underneath. And I found that very ingenious and very lovely. And we had, of course, the turkey and all of the usual dressing and uh, all done by uh, Susie, the sister of Linda. And so we were thankful for everything, for our companionship, our love, uh, our wonderful conversation <laughs> over the delicious food. So we had an absolutely typical but ideal Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, no right-wing uncle <laughs> to spout <laughs> his ideas and spoil the mood. And taking off from there, I hope, I hope you uh, also... Frank had a good Thanksgiving. Tell me about it. Yeah, it was it was lovely, and my uh, uh, it, we had a smaller Thanksgiving than we usually have. You know, a lot of times we have thirty five, thirty six people, and we host. And this time we we have people that are octogenarians. Uh, uh, several, actually, my my in laws and. Um, and a, a, another gentleman. So we didn't want anyone who was not vaccinated. We hope we don't yeah. offend anybody, but uh, it, we weren't going to take a chance with non-vaxxers. And there is a segment of our our family population that are, you know, are anti-vaxxers. And so we asked them politely to forgive us for not inviting them, but we weren't going to take the chance with with uh, with people that could be, you know, possibly infected with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, coronavirus. Uh, but that being said, we met my my, and I'm gonna I, I I'm taking a chance by saying this, but my my se- my second oldest sons, my well, my middle son, significant others, uh, wonderful uh, lady, her her mother and brother came over so we met them for the first time and it was it was wonderful a little nerve-wracking you know you want to make a nice impression but what wonderful people really wonderful um people all of them and i was very very happy but a little nervous meeting potential in-laws uh, for right the first time. yes 
So it was wonderful. It was just great. My wife does a great job, and her mother helps, and everybody there was just uh, class. You know, class act. Every everyone there, and uh, the four kids were in the same place at once, and they all were thrilled to see each other. And my daughter's uh, boyfriend came over for dessert, and it's her first relationship, and he's. Uh, very nice young man. Yeah, it was great. I, I can't I can't say enough about how it went. It was uh, fantastic. Well, that sounds ideal too. And I forgot to mention that yes, we were all, we were all vaccinated, so uh, so we had no no thought for that even because we knew we were all safe. And uh, since since it was not a topic of conversation even or a preoccupation, I forgot to mention it. But uh, in your situation, uh, there were uh, people who would have otherwise been invited. However, uh, under these circumstances, uh, unfortunately, they were not. And so, uh, so for you, this was an issue, and for us, it was not. Thank God. Uh, so, going on then and thinking about what else we have to be thankful for besides family, friends, love, and companionship and good conversation? Uh, we have a nat national situation. Uh, for instance, uh, President Biden uh, and what he is doing for the country against massive opposition. Uh, we can have a look at what he has done and the massive opposition and to begin with, I think, um, let's talk about uh, his rating. His, uh, uh, he's uh, under 50. He's somewhere in the low 40s, I think, at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think he even got down to 38 at one point. Yes. Um, but I think he's come back a little thanks to the infrastructure bill being passed. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's... Uh, it, it was an important pass, and it was a it was a complicated passage, uh, but uh, important. We need it here, that's for sure. I don't know how you guys are affected in Texas. Oh, we need it too, especially uh, especially our electrical grid and our uh, our uh, gas, because gas cannot yes, be pumped if they if the pumps are run by electrical t switches and the electrical grid is down, which is why people froze to death last uh, February. Uh, so that's a main preoccupation for Texans. Uh, and, of course, we need the usual thing, repairing bridges and, and roads, potholes and roads and all of the other uh, regular uh, infrastructure things, um, building foundations and so on and so forth. But that... Uh, uh, electrical grid was not even de debated in the uh, uh, state legislature this uh, this time, uh, which met, not only did it meet, but it met in two uh, special sessions, and it still didn't get to, uh, discussed and tended to. And so uh, a lot of us are very insecure and very unhappy about that. But uh, the infrastructure bill itself... Um, I don't know whether Governor Abbott will allow it to be used for infrastructure for uh, for the electrical grid, uh, because uh, our Texas 
uh, electrical grid is separate from the rest of the nation's uh, uh, electrical service because Texas is the Lone Star State. Uh, it was once a republic for a decade, just short of a decade, uh, and therefore it puffs itself up as being unique, and it's unique in that it doesn't be, want to be beholden to the federal government for its power, uh, and so it has its own electrical grid, which means that it needs to take care of it and does not. <laughs> so, you said it. You said it powerfully. You said people lost their lives because of this, uh, because of what what happened last year. I mean, it's it's true. So you uh, you know I I was you know not even thinking about that when I asked you the question. How does the infrastructure bill uh, you know fare there? Well, I I would hope that that the death of one person, freezing the death, would. Uh, would be enough, but uh, it was more than one, if I if, if I understand correctly. Oh yes, yes it was. No, there were 800 uh, un unofficially. There are 800 people who who froze to death last February here in Texas uh, because they had no light and no power, no heat, um, and uh, uh, officially the state. The uh, number of people who died, uh, who froze to death, is 300. <laughs> That's a considerable distance, yeah. a, a difference. Uh, and, uh, uh, and of course, it, it doesn't redound so much to the discredit of the government if you call, if you uh, stick it at three, 300 rather than 8. But uh, most Texans accept the 8 as being more accurate. Uh, any, in any case, uh, so the infrastructure bill was something important has, that has raised uh, Biden's uh, rating, national rating, uh, a little bit. But I think if the uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the what is it, the BBB bill, um, I'm trying to think uh, quickly. What is it? Uh, bring back uh, America, Bill, or whatever. No, it's build. It's build back. Build back better. Build back. Right. Build back better, Bill. <laughs> B B B B. If that passes, I think his rating will come up just a little bit more. Exactly. But after after people begin to feel the uh, the new advantages, the new things that they're going to have, uh, child care, paid. Uh, paid uh, leave uh, and all kinds of other social help, uh, medical, uh, enhanced medical coverage, and so on and so forth. I think they uh, they will begin to realize that maybe this president president isn't such a terrible thing after all. But uh, right now the situation is that they are still the right wing is still talking about Afghanistan. And the disastrous withdrawal from uh, Af from Afghanistan, and the fact that uh, 159 Afghanis uh, were killed and 13 U.S. servicemen uh, and one one Brit were killed from a bomb, a terrorist bomb that was set off uh, just outside the airport during the evacuation. Uh, but counter to that. 
the left wing is saying it was an amazing evacuation, an amazing airlift that evacuated 122,000 Americans and Afghanis. And in addition to that, something I didn't know until I checked, and that is that 7,000 people since then have been uh, evacuated by Pakistan. And furthermore, the Taliban are not hindering uh, people who are leaving the country. They they know that, I think, that uh, that would cause even more trouble for them, and they have agreed uh, not to stop people leaving the country, especially foreigners, but also uh, Afghanis who helped uh, during the American occupation. Uh, they, too, are leaving, and uh, and the Taliban are just uh, turning their backs on all of that, which I find to be very good news. So as far as the Afghani situation, the Afghanistan situation is concerned, there are many mitigating factors to that. And the, the thousands of people left behind that the uh, Republicans are touting as a uh, something uh, to... Biden's discredit uh, are not altogether true, uh, because 7,000 left thanks to the Pakistan and Pakistani government since the evacuation. So add that, and that makes uh, 129,000 people, almost 130,000 people uh, came out uh, of Afghanistan, plus uh, an unknown number of people who are just leaving uh, by regular flights and uh, driving out into Pakistan, for instance. So things are not looking so terribly grim for those people left behind, as uh, we all thought, especially since, uh, uh, thanks to the uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, sanctions uh, uh, placed against the, uh, the Taliban, uh, their, the supply of food is restricted and and money and commerce and all the rest of it, and people are starving in Afghanistan right now. Um, I don't know whether the Republicans would be sorry about that or not. I haven't heard. Have you heard anything on that score? No, uh, but um, it's... It's you know it's just a matter of time if they see a weak a weakness they'll just uh, they'll pump it up and and keep in mind when you say Republicans just uh, it, you keep an eye keep an eye on Fox and and Newsmax as being the extreme, right uh, Republicans whatever they say and um, uh, it, you know is is what the what the Republican talking points will be maybe that's a little simplistic but I don't know I don't think it is I think just if you want to know what the Republican talking points are just just watch fox or, or newsmax oh yeah You're right um, yes i'll fill your ears <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the immigration problem uh, which is a sore point i must say with uh, with biden uh, of course the uh, the right wing is saying that he has uh, opened the border it's an open border policy and that, of course, with an open border, there's a huge influx of COVID uh, disease to people from uh, from the Southlands, uh, and uh, 
there uh, there is this huge boom in immigrate immigrants coming to the border uh, and on the other side, uh, at least Biden stopped the family separation policy and is reuniting the children with their parents and succeeding in doing so. And uh, it has used repatriation to slow and discourage the massive migration uh, that has happened because uh, the people down south know that uh, there is a Democrat in the, in the presidency of the United States and uh, therefore uh, apt to be more forgiving than Trump was. Uh, but that caused a terrible influx by uh, Haitians, uh, that huge influx. And uh, we responded to that by repatriating a whole, a whole uh, several thousand of them. Unfortunately, uh, Haiti is in a terrible situation, and so these people are up a creek. I mean, they, uh, they're penniless and homeless, most of them, uh, because of the earthquakes, uh, repeated earthquakes. Uh, and uh, so it, uh, the, uh, we have not solved the Haitian uh, situation. Uh, I don't hear the Republicans talking about that very much, but it is a, uh, a problem. Immigration is still a major problem for us. Um, by the way, the people who came in uh, did not have more COVID than the people in the United States already, right. uh, the, uh, the unvaxxed uh, people in the United States. So uh, that was a red herring. Um, and then uh, while we're talking about COVID, uh, there, are, there is the vaccination situation. Uh, the right wing is saying that vac- have, has been holding all along that vaccinations are deadly, uh, that they, these vaccinations are being manipulated by the uh, Democrats to insert chips, uh, which will um, be... <laughs> which will sterilize people or they will um they will locate them they'll be uh, uh <clears throat> they'll be um uh global positioning devices so that the people can be found at any moment because they have a chip inserted with with those very slender needles <laughs> and with that liquid um a, a likely story i say <laughs> Uh, and the latest thing I heard the uh, discussion on Fox News briefly uh, saying that the new Omicron uh, variant virus is a tool of the Democrats uh, to fool people into getting vaccinated and and to control people to frighten them and keep them uh, coming in for vaccinations which will of course uh, do all that harm that we previously mentioned to them uh, on the other hand, on the on the uh, left hand side, uh, uh, vaccinations um, have uh, saved hundreds of thousands, if, uh, if not several million lives. If, of course, worldwide, many million uh, lives have been saved. Still, many to go. Um, many vaccinations to be delivered, however, uh, and those people who are dying, who are who are overcrowding the hospitals in Nevada and other places um, are the unvaccinated. And yet 
uh, they are still holding out that the vaccinations are the one are the things that are killing people. I'm so uh, amazing. I, I... It, it is so stupid. It's 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 mind boggling. It really is. We're, we're, we're fighting two two epidemics, and I, I forget who said this, uh, they, uh, but I, I, I gladly give them credit. Uh, one is is the coronavirus pandemic. The other is stupidity. Um, yes, and, uh, absolutely. Pure stupidity. Yes, uh, people who are credulous and who believe the lies that come across on uh, on the media. And uh, one thing I heard over the weekend was that uh, Facebook, for instance, uh, had a very uh, had a stronger policy against falsehoods being broadcast by them uh, than uh, in English for English uh, uh, consumers, English speaking consumers. Uh, much stronger policy against falsehoods and phoniness and scams than they had for for Hispanics. They let slip uh, the Russian propaganda uh, about vaccinations, for instance, and so vaccination rates among Hispanics are low uh, compared to uh, to English speakers, and I find that absolutely unconscionable on the part of Facebook. I think that's terrible. 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 Yeah. I- and then, of course, there are... Uh, there's Twitter and Instagram and all the others that are also purveying falsehoods. And uh, people who are gullible and stupid, as you just said, uh, are consuming that and believing it. And that includes my my housekeeper, who stayed in my house while I was gone and fed my cats. Uh, she is very tempted to believe the uh, the negative propaganda about vaccinations, although she is vaccinated, thank God, um, because her customers demanded it. And uh, so she got herself vaccinated, and uh, she's happy about that. But on the other hand, uh, she has heard that a diluted form of Clorox is something that uh, could should be consumed to kill the germs inside. That came from uh, th- that came from Il Formaggio Grandissimo himself. Uh, you know what that is, Il Formaggio? That's the big cheese. Uh, yes. The president. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, insane. I, I've never heard anything so. That's the that's the craziest statement <laughs> that was ever made out of anyone in in the White House. I, I you know I can't think of a crazier statement. That was ever made in the history of 46 presidents. Yes, uh, or stupider. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Right. I, it's just I, 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 I look at the people behind him, the doctors there, and the, the look on their face is priceless yes. when he was saying Yes, it was priceless. Yes, <laughs> yes especially Fauci, right. who is... Uh, who is uh, Synonymous with the devil for the uh, for the right wing. I, I don't know why. I I, I think uh, Dr. Fauci has done an incredible job. I think he's yeah. he's been so uh, calm and uh, and and such a calming uh, uh, effect on this. I don't know. You know. You know. I I, I have right wing doctors. I have doctors. All of my doctors are Republicans, and they've uh-huh. backed Fauci. They've all told me that, that that he's right on, that he's getting a raw deal, that this is insanity, this is stupid stupidity, and uh, every one of my doctors 
who are, are Repu- I think they're all Republicans, basically, uh, were very critical of, of Trump and, um, and, and the Trump administration and very supportive of, of Fauci. I mean, what do you think of that? Right. I think that's pretty scandalous yeah. and scary. Right. It's frightening. It really is. Yeah. But so uh, that the medical profession could go, uh, could be so Republican that they would swallow something like that. No, I'm <laughs> saying the opposite. I'm saying my my doctors um, yeah. are Republicans, but they're not swallowing uh, the, the, the nonsense of, of the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of no, course, yeah. that's also. Yeah. Uh, that That is good, yes. Yes. Uh, well, there are Republicans. I mean, uh, there are two Republicans on the uh, uh, on the uh, January sixth committee, um, and there are other Republicans who are actually in sympathy with those two Republicans, but they don't dare speak, speak up if they're in government, for some, because uh, Trump still wields enormous power for some reason, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, uh, and others who are not involved in government are um, like the the Lincoln uh, people who are making these incredibly effective ads uh, that come across TV and uh, and some some appear on bull, uh, billboards also. Uh, so there are a lot of Republicans who are uh, intelligent enough to uh, see the light of day uh, when it comes to vaccinations, for instance. And uh, general policy, the, the Lincoln Group, uh, for instance, is very anti-Trump, extremely. So we can be thankful for them. I just hope they vote the right way. Uh, the, those in in the, in the Senate, the U.S. Senate, uh, are voting with uh, McConnell, however. But no matter what their real feelings are, uh, so that that worries me. Uh, and of course. The next topic coming up is exactly that, voting rights and uh, what is happening in in our Congress. Uh, of course, we have had those successes. The infrastructure bill passed and is now law. The Build Back Better bill has passed the, uh, the House and is waiting to pass the Senate. And it can pass without... Uh, the filibuster stopping it, except for uh, previously, I believe, mentioned uh, uh, Democratic senators who, as you also said earlier, uh, are Democrats in name only. (laughs) So they are demos. um, (laughs) uh, And those are, of course, uh, Manchin and Cinema. Uh, who are holding up uh, the uh, uh, Build Back Better bill. Uh, they actually gave their word to the pro- pro- progressive uh, uh, conference in the, the uh, House. So they voted for that bill and passed it through, thinking that Mansion and Cinema had given their word that they would vote for it. Um, but they are now being recalcitrant, I believe, and starting to say they're not going to vote for it. So they're breaking their word. Um, and I'm furious if they do. Uh, I just don't know whether uh, we can trust them at all and uh, uh, whether we can get that bill through, but we'd better. 
uh, Biden depends on it. His his reputation depends on it. And then there are the voting. There's the voting restriction going on by the Republicans who want only white, uh, white and usually male voters. <laughs> the MAGA crowd, the Trump crowd, they want only those to to be able to vote, and anybody of color. Uh, and certainly anybody left wing or even middle middle ground people uh, must not have the uh, the right to vote. They, uh, the voting has to be restricted and is being happily restricted by uh, any state in this country uh, that is governed by and has a legislature uh, governed by Republicans, especially Texas and Georgia. Arizona is a toss-up. And um, yeah, Alabama. Oh yeah, I think all the southern states, Alabama, Mississippi, uh, are also uh, very uh, passing restrictive laws. Um, Louisiana, Arizona, uh, not Arizona, Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa, Ohio—they're <laughs> all uh, all going that way, and they're all. Uh, toying with the idea, if they haven't already uh, started it, the idea of, uh, of a, an audit of the last election, despite the fact that it has been proven over and over and over again that there has been no fraud. And fraud, massive fraud in the uh, 2020 election is the excuse uh, for the Republicans that Trump is actually really our president. Our president in exile, poor fellow, he actually won the election because of massive fraud by the Democrats, the evil Democrats. Uh, wow. <laughs> we, we do not have our real, our real king and emperor who is, um, <laughs> I might say he's without clothing. Uh, <laughs> our emperor without clothes, um, if you examine the matter. Um, who is Trump uh, is standing in the in the shadows and calling the shots, uh, and it is hard to believe, but it is true. And historians are going to look back on this period as a period of insanity, on uh, massive insanity on the part of the right wing uh, of right wing Republicans. Anyhow, so uh, against um, against that this massive move. Uh, to restrict the vote and to gerrymander in such a way, Texas has already done so, uh, to disenfranchise Hispanics and blacks. Um, the Hispanic population has increased by about a third over the last decade, but they have no more uh, representation now. In fact, I think they have one less uh, representative in the House than they had in the last decade. Because of gerrymandering, and the blacks have no representation in Texas because of gerrymandering. And if we allow that gerrymandering to stand, the Democrats, although in a majority, will have no chance of getting power back in Washington. And I want to emphasize that. We must pass the Freedom to Vote Act and, uh, of course, we have to do away with the filibuster in order to do so or alter the filibuster. 
to allow those bills, and that includes the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Uh, those two bills must pass, and they must pass in the next 11 months, because there is a chance that the uh, the people of the United States will swallow enough propaganda from Russia and others uh, that they will vote against uh, Biden, regardless of how much good he ha he will have done for the country by then. And if that happens. And those those two bills, those voting rights bills, uh, and the correction to gerrymandering, which is the John Lewis uh, Voting Rights Act, if those cannot pass, then we have lost our democracy because we will not be the majority of voters will not be able to express their will uh, in the matter of who governs the country. And if we go back to Trump as our next president, uh, that's the end of it, because he will be the emperor. Hmm. See, I think that there's a there's an alternative view that if Trump runs, that could be the end of the Republican Party. The Liz Cheney folks and the Lincoln Project that you referenced uh, earlier, um, they're not going to go along with Trump. And if he wins the primary you may see a massive movement against the Republican Party as we know it. And you may see uh -huh. a three-way race, a three-major party race uh, with, two, uh, with two sides, uh, two of the participants sucking votes from each other, Trump and whoever is running against Trump from the Republican side. So the thing is, he, I, there, there's a concern from the Republican side that a Trump... Um, headed the ticket could destroy the Republican Party. Well, uh, uh, that sounds like uh, a possibility. Yeah. yeah, but what's happening actually is that the extreme right, the Trumpers, the MAGA people, have taken over the legislatures, have passed these anti-voting laws, these have gerrymandered the states so that Republicans will always win. They've taken over the Supreme Court. They ha are, uh, McConnell was busy uh, fat, uh, passing through judges uh, at the lower levels as fast as he possibly could, at, uh, two or three a day. Uh, so he was taking, taking over the legislature, uh, the judiciary, I'm sorry. Uh, the, he was taking over the judiciary as fast as possible, and it has been corrupted. There's no question. And so uh, the Republicans have done a very good job of, of starting to take over the government. And if we can't stop, as I say, the, the, uh, uh, the gerrymandering of the states and these anti-voting laws, if we can't stop them, uh, then the Republicans will be in power forever. And uh, if, if uh, a Republican revolt arises... Uh, then we might save our democracy, but uh, the Republicans would be in power forever, um, even so. So I'm not too sanguine about uh, what would happen uh, if we only have one dominating party in this country. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, listen, a lot of frightening things uh, could, uh, could come, but one thing for sure is 
is at this point, it does look like it, it could be a terrible midterm election for the Democrats. That's historic. Yeah. It, it usually goes that way, and that's, that'll be a subject we need a whole show to talk about potential midterm elections. And uh, from now to when it, uh, when it starts, uh, you know, a year from now, well, when, when it ends, I should say, the midterm, is an eternity. And, and I always say in politics, if you don't like the way things are going, just wait in 10 minutes. Everything could be yes. completely different. And yeah, we've got 11 months. So, uh, as you say, things could uh, could turn around. Uh, because it's possible that it, I mean, it all hangs on McConnell and his team teammates, uh, Manchin and Cinema, um, who are dead set against doing anything against the filibuster, by the way. Um, And so without doing something against the filibuster, none of these uh, Voting Rights Acts and John Lewis Voting Rights Act can can pass. Simply, uh, they they die uh, the moment they are uh, placed on the floor for a vote uh, because somebody will filibuster them, some some Republican or maybe Manchin himself. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, but uh, uh, Manchin and Cinema might as well uh, go over to the Republican Party uh, because they are serving the Republican Party. There's no question about it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, by the way, the John Lewis bill is excellent. I've looked at that, and it's uh, it's as fair as you can get. And uh, it's uh, to not pass that bill is just is anti-democratic as far as yes and i'm talking big democrat with the big d you know yes democracy you know our democracy is is damaged by that not getting passed it is the, the it is the most fair um bill that you could you can come across it's excellent it's just excellent so, anyway doc yes so uh, times we are living in very scary times. We have a lot to be thankful for, but we are in danger, and we need to know that we are, and we need to act accordingly. Well, happy Thanksgiving, and where we all started out on uh, on Thanksgiving, and we have a lot to be grateful for, and we have a lot to be concerned about as well. So we, um, you know, our our uh, our joy. For, for things getting you know getting better uh, should be tempered with uh, how much more damage can we do to ourselves and, yes <laughs> uh, it, it is what it is doc any any final word uh, you have a great book signing um, you'll be doing thank that. you have thank a happy you. happy birthday you deserve it uh, is it 88 years young it's 89. 89. No, I'm sorry. No, 88. It's 80, uh, 87. It's 88, 88. I get ahead of myself. I'm trying to get to 90. <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll get to 100. Don't worry. You got a lot. Of, oh, got I a lot doubt of that very there. much. <laughs> no, you you are doing great. All right, doc. Thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy birthday and and have a great book signing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Frank. And uh all the best to you, too. <laughs> yeah, and to everyone out there, we hope you had a great uh, Thanksgiving. And buy the book. Buy the book, uh, especially for her birthday. How about that? For her 88th birthday before the Alamo. Frank McKay signing off. 
You've been listening to Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, and we'll see you all next time on the Florence Weinberg Show. <laughs>